Welcome to the Interviewing Artists series. This podcast is dedicated to interviewing undergraduate studio art students at the University of Guelph in partnership with the Juried Art Show and Kaleidoscope Magazine. My name is Hannah Pacina, and I am one of the Juried Art Show, or JAZZ, volunteers for this year's 53rd annual exhibition. Today, we are recording in Guelph, Ontario, which is situated on treaty land that is steeped in rich Indigenous history and home to many First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people today. We acknowledge the Mississaugas of the credit First Nation of the Anishinaabek people on whose traditional territory we are Today I am here with Colleen Alcor. To get us started, can you describe yourself and your practice? Uh, yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm very excited for this. Um, to describe myself a little bit first, um, I'm a fourth year studio art major here at Guelph. Uh, I identify as queer and non-binary um, or genderqueer, and that definitely plays a, a big role in my art. A little bit about my art practice, um, I wouldn't really say I have a super defined practice. I'm mostly just somebody who really enjoys and find val- finds value in creating things uh, constantly, whether that is uh, through sculpting, through drawing, through printmaking, through performance art. Um, the medium definitely changes, but I'd say a lot of my art deals with things like identity, the human experience, um, just the overall weight of existence um, and dealing with how that affects a person. That is great. Yeah, art's definitely a fantastic thing to explore mm-hmm. for those. Um, so you mentioned a lot of mediums there. Mm-hmm. And in those mediums, is there something that attracts you to each of those? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say naturally I'm most drawn towards um, bigger, larger scale sculptures. Um, My dad is a carpenter, so I've grown up always building and always uh, making things out of wood and metal. Um, And so I've, I've really enjoyed being able to translate those skills that I kind of grew up learning um, and using them to my advantage to create large-scale works Um, so I think just like my my childhood and um, what I grew up learning um, I find a lot of that through sculpture and so I'm definitely most drawn to that um, when it comes to building things Um, when it comes to other mediums I'd say I'm most drawn especially at the current moment um, to drawing I've been doing a lot of black and white drawings just with marker um, because I, I tend to use it almost like a journal um, to kind of translate my brain um, onto paper and create an image or some text uh, to, to help me kind of understand both myself and the, the outer world. Hmm. Speaking of, I saw your pieces just recently featured in Kaleidoscope magazine. Mm. And I wanted to ask you about them. I noticed mm-hmm. um, aspects of repetition, yeah. but also what I really appreciated about them is the more you looked at them, that repetition was varied and you could see just little bits of your hand and 
your, I guess, understanding working through the drawings. Mm -hmm. And good thing I forgot my question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go on to another one. I can just talk a little bit about the, those pieces if you'd like. Yeah, I would love to hear about them. Um, yeah, definitely when it comes to drawing, one thing that I am obsessed with is repetition um, and the spaces between two lines. Um, I like I could draw lines beside each other for hours and hours um, because I'm I don't really know what it is. I'm not sure if it's the visual aspect of looking at a piece afterwards and having that equal spacing between lines. I'm not sure if it's that that's what I am so invested in, but I think it's also um, the how you can see somebody's hand in each line that they draw. I never use a, a ruler when I draw um, because I love how the body's natural movements and natural twitches um, come through, um, through lines. But yeah, that's interesting that you've picked up a bit on repetition um, in my work because that's like what I'm obsessed with. Yeah, and that's also a really interesting point you just said about the spaces between the lines mm -hmm. and how that becomes part of your piece mm -hmm. in the end. Um, yeah, very, very neat. Thank you. And in drawing, we heard a little bit about your process there, but even too in sculpture, you said you really appreciate sculpture. Mm -hmm. um, what's your process? Um, well, when it comes to drawing, uh, I'm very heavily motivated by a couple words or a short phrase of text. Um, and so I'll often write that down first and then create an image from those words um, or the feeling that I get from those words. Um, so that's generally my process when it comes to drawing is just writing down um, whatever is kind of going on in my head and put that phrase down and then create an image um, based on that. Um, and definitely try to, try to incorporate the, the spaces of lines um, within the work. Um, and when it comes to sculpting, um, I kind of go two ways. I either have a very planned out um, thought process and like measurements and angles and all these types of things for where a sculpture might go. But on the other hand, a lot when it comes to working with wood, um, I really just like to go with it and see where it takes me. Um, I've always loved the feeling of chipping away wood um, and carving things. So sometimes I just like let myself um, almost meditate through the wood um, and the repetition of carving away a little bit by bit um, until I get something that I am visually pleased by. Very mean. Do you ever like, go for a walk or go out into nature and pick up sticks or other aspects, um, leaves or things you could use in sculpture and whittle or use found materials in your construction? Um, yeah, sometimes. I'm, I'm really big on upcycling, so it's mm -hmm. not I'm, I'm very visually inspired by nature and the natural patterns found in the world. Um, I'm 
heavily obsessed with uh, wood grains and um, the patterns that bark have or the patterns that plants have um, or ice just like going anywhere. Um, I'd say I almost use those visuals as found objects, but um, when it comes to actual objects, I more gravitate towards um, scraps left by humans, like whether that's um, recycling left around or pieces of metal that look interesting, um, especially if they have weathering to them. Um, I really love that. Uh, so I definitely, I definitely enjoy using found objects, but they're not, they're not so, so much natural objects, but more things that have been left behind by people. Um, and I, yeah, I love incorporating random objects into what I'm building. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Found objects have so much personality of their own mm, and interacting totally. with other things. Yeah, totally. And they have like a history and uh, a story to them that I think just buying a material itself from a store that that's not that doesn't come with the object it doesn't have much of a story but the story behind an object that's left behind uh, is very fascinating to me at very. Least. <laughs> to me as well mm -hmm. um so speaking of that what are your go-to materials and any tools other than found objects um, definitely wood. Wood is probably my first, first choice. Um, it's a, a medium and a material that I'm very familiar with, like I said, from growing up around it a lot. Um, that's probably my go-to. Um, when I was in sculpture, um, two and got to learn how to weld, I absolutely fell in love with that. Um, unfortunately, be, due to the pandemic, obviously I haven't been able to go back to the, the welding shop, but that's definitely something that I want to incorporate more into my practice as I go forward. Um, I just, it's so nuts that you can go in to the welding shop with just pieces of metal and then almost like hot glue them together with a welding machine um, to make anything you want. Um, I really love that. Um, and lately I've been diving into using fabric um, as a material, which I always wanted to get into, but um, I never had a sewing machine, but I recently got a sewing machine and I just cannot stop making tote bags. <laughs> it's so nice to hear about your process of experimentation too. Mm. And trying so many mediums and so many things and just having fun with them really oh, I totally. think that's what art's really about in my opinion i think that's amazing yeah i think i don't i don't tend to stick to one um medium when it comes to making a sculpture i really liked mixed media um so like having a piece of work that has wood metal found objects string yarn like paint, um, random bits of plastic, like anything, I think. I mean, it is a definitely a balance between simplicity um, and also like the more you have there. So that's a different, a different conversation in itself. But yeah, definitely enjoy the experimental process almost as much as the, the more thought out process.
Yeah, very nice. It helps with intent too. I was mm -hmm. watching on the weekend a documentary and John Chamberlain, a sculptor, mm. said that he uses um, common materials to make uncommon things rather mm. than um, uncommon materials to make common things. And yeah. that's what I really see you doing with your art. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess I like both. I like both common materials and uncommon materials. Mm. Definitely to create uncommon objects. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I ever regular things that much. What or who inspires you in your process? Um, I get a lot of inspiration um, from my experiences, um, from nature. Like I said before, the patterns I get a lot from nature. Um, when it comes to people who inspire me, um, I'd say almost anybody can inspire me. Um, I'm very fascinated with strangers. Um, so I do a lot of drawings based on strangers' actions. Um, but one thing that I really miss a lot is uh, working in a classroom with other very talented artists um, and being able to bounce back ideas off one of each other. Um, one another, sorry. And that's definitely a place where inspiration just fills the room um, through conversations and through seeing other people talk about their practices and seeing other people's um, passions, sorry. That's very, very inspiring. Not necessarily for what I might make, but it inspires me to make, um, which is something that I find a lot of value in because um, I often struggle with being motivated. Um, so definitely classmates and pro professors, um, I find very motivating um, to, to inspire me to create things. Um, in terms of famous artists, I'm absolutely in love with Keith Haring. Um, he definitely inspired all of my drawing practice. Um, a lot to do with the spaces between objects and that balance and just filling a whole page with things. Um, so definitely that the form of his, his art inspires me and also the subject matter, um, you know, very openly queer art um, and the fact that he made a space for that and um, you know, wasn't afraid of anything, uh, that really inspired me. Um, so he's somebody who I'm totally obsessed with. Yeah, he is fantastic. And I can totally mm -hmm. see how talking about that, where you can draw um, inspiration from him, repetition and your drawing style. Mm -hmm. What projects are you currently working on? Um, at the current time, I'm not in school um, because I got a concussion in uh, early December, uh, which unfor unfortunately took me out of doing most usual things. Um, so I've kind of had to switch my art practice a little bit to adapt to that. Um, you know, very simple, simple drawings really got me through um, the first processes of my concussion um 
it was drawing was really the only thing I was able to do um, or at least it was the first thing I was able to do once I started recovering a bit um, so I've found a new love for drawing through this time um, so I, I'd say I'm constantly working on on my drawing projects um, and recently uh, like I said I've been I've been sewing a lot um, I want to make uh, apparel soon once I practice a little bit better some t-shirts clothing and whatnot I think a lot of my um, patterns and a lot of my images could translate well onto clothing um, and like I said before I really I really value recycling and upcycling materials and I have a lot of um, clothing that is just begging for me to alter it well, I'm sorry again to hear about your concussion. But <laughs> That's okay. There's so much strength in your adaptability. And I'm <laughs> so glad to hear that you are still able to make some art and are, mm -hmm. are still drawing and having fun with that. Yeah. And talking more on your projects, what are some of your projects that you are most proud of? Hmm. Um, I. I think a lot of my drawings that I've done since being concussed, uh, I've kind of altered my style a little bit and I'm very happy with where they are going. Um, I think I'm kind of making a new language for myself um, in terms of line and form and balance. Um, so I'm very happy with where that's going, but I think, uh, a work that I did in the past, um, I actually did it in like, I think grade 12. So I don't, I don't know why I'm still proud of it because I did it when I was in grade 12, but, but um, it was the first art that I ever made that was about me being queer. Um, and I felt that very liberating. Um, I grew up where in a, a place where my uh, sexuality was very repressed. And it was the first time creating a piece of art that spoke to that um, and like breaking through that, that um, suppression of who I was. And it was a, I took a mannequin and I like carved a hole out of the center of it. And I'm, I made these like, um, they're almost like crystals. Um, I made them out of like borax and string and some weird thing. And like, if you left, left them overnight, like um, crystals formed on the string um, and I dyed them different colors. And so I had those crystals um, hardened and they were like um, pushing through the, the hole in the mannequin's body. Um, and I mean, realistically, it didn't actually look that great. I mean, I didn't have a lot of access to materials or, and I hadn't, I hadn't rendered my art process at all back then, but um, I think it was the first time that I really um, was brave enough to, to make art that um, meant something to me and um, was a bit more meaningful. And so I'm proud of myself for being able to take that step. Um, and also I'm just happy that I made that piece. Yeah, even if 
pieces I find, um, if they're not the most perfect, beautiful thing, it doesn't matter because in pieces like that, you're able to find your own voice both artistically and through other things. And it just feels so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm, I would love to see that piece. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll send you a picture if I have it somewhere. Please do. Okay. Um, and what has your experience been like working from home? Do you have any tips or things you've noticed you've been doing more often? New mediums, you said sewing practices like that? Uh, yeah. Um, working from home, I mean, it's tough. Um, tough to, I mean, obviously, everything's pretty tough right now uh, with the pandemic and not being able to be in those artistic spaces. Um, so I think a tip I would give to people is to make a space that's dedicated to art in your own house. Um, so I've curtained off half of my room um, to kind of give me like a physical break uh, between spaces of this is my creative space and this is my space where I relax and I sleep. Um, and also I think another tip I'd give to help with working from home um, is to get a small sketchbook and keep it on you and like a couple pens or pencils or whatever whatever you like to to create with and carry it with you all the time um, because I've found in the pandemic inspiration and motivation um, is definitely not as prominent as I used to have it um, but carrying a little book with me you know I can write down a note or a picture whenever those moments do come to me um, and that's really been helpful. Oh that's a great Thing to do. Um, I mean, honestly, start doing that. Yeah, thank you for the tip. Okay, I just have a couple more questions for you here. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of subject matter are you interested in? Um, in terms of my own art, or in terms of others' art? In terms of both. <laughs> um. I think in terms of other people's art, uh, I'm very drawn towards um, abstraction um, or, or um, surrealism or, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I definitely can appreciate the beauty um, of creating realistic works, but um, I've always been drawn to more abstract um, art pieces. Um, and, I've really been um, taking a big liking to um, projections. Um, I've I found a couple people who who create visual projections and projecting them onto different materials. Um, I find very fascinating. So something that's something that I'm kind of obsessed with at the moment. Um, and subject matter, both in terms of other people's work and also my own. Um, I'm very fascinated with the human body um, and the human form um, and how that interacts with other humans and other bodies um, and physical objects. Um, So I definitely play a lot with that in my own work is um, the human form and its relationship to 
to other objects um, and like the push and pull between um, both my own body and other people's bodies um, to one another and to other things in the world. Very interesting. Um, going back to a point you said earlier about using text in your art mm -hmm. and text and feeling, what inspired you to start using text in your artwork? Um, honestly, I don't, I don't really remember a time when I was making like good art, not like high school art, but like good art that didn't have text. Um, I've made a lot of uh, sculptures that are purely text. Um, a lot of my drawings have small bits of text in them. Um, I mean, I also do some work without text for sure. Um, and I don't, I don't really know why I need to have text in there. Um, and I've, I've gotten quite a few um, not criticisms, but like recommendations to, to create without text, but something about me just like always pulls, pulls me back to using text. Um, I'm not sure if it's because again, I use a lot of my drawing as like a journal. Um, or if it's just, I think I just really love certain words together, you know, like certain words next to each other just sound right to me. And it's like, I have to make a piece based on those words. Yeah, and what you were saying about feelings, words themselves can invoke so many feelings and mm -hmm. help both you as an artist and mm -hmm. myself or other people as viewers to understand both your process, your ideas. Yeah. Everything yeah. really. I, I really appreciate the text in your art. I think it's Thank you. beautiful and successful. Thank you very much. Yeah, somebody, Somebody was talking to me recently about um, like wondering, do you think the text kind of takes away from the art, um, from like the, the physical images that I create? Um, and I can see how, how it definitely changes the way a viewer looks at the art. Um, but I also find it very interesting seeing how people relate um, or how they interpret. Um, my art pieces and I think I think adding text definitely can make them have a more direct directed sense of interpretation of it but I still find that even with text and even directing that interpretation a bit further than if I were to not have text um, I still I still think that people are are able to place themselves um, in my art or at least that's the goal in my mind. Um, and I think sometimes text can almost help that, help uh, people place themselves within the little narratives that I create. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think it really helps um, to help inform each other with both the text mm -hmm. and the visual aspects yeah. of your art. I, I think they work very well together. Thank you. Okay, and my final question for you Okay, is what is one thing that art as a whole has taught you? It can be about yourself, about the art world, about anything really art related. Mm, that's a good question. 
I think art has taught me a lot for sure. Um, I think art has taught me that, first of all, I can't live without it. Um, and that um, art is very much needed in the world. Um, a lot of people, especially when I was first choosing where I would go with my schooling, um, I, I know a lot of artists and people in the art world get kind of criticized, like, oh, where are you going to go with that? And what is, why are you doing that? You're not going to make money or whatever, but it's not all about money. It's more about um, the fact that, you know, it has impact and it's needed in, in the world. And I think art has taught me a lot about myself, um, a lot about others, and it has just been a, a huge tool of helping me translate my thoughts and my feelings um, into something productive and into something that um, can be shared with others and can hopefully help others um, kind of navigate their own feelings and emotions. Well, thank you for giving us such a wonderful insight to both um, what art means to you and your practice. This was a wonderful conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and thanks for taking the time to, to be interested in my, my little art practice in my brain. Of course. Thank you for listening to the Interviewing Artists series. Check us out on our website at juriedartshow.ca or on Instagram at juriedartshow. Original music by Cam Hind.